0: This episode of Cake and Kombucha is brought to you by Quad Place. Quad Place, where internet dreams go to die. Gotta be real with you, baby. I just gotta let you know. You got the love that I want. The love that I need. do 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 you're like my homemade my show That you show me so many things And you're so special to me We've been kicking it for a while Your sexy smile, prima a style Oh, you're driving me so wild Ain't got no reputation, educated, conversation And oh, you got that ball of making It's more than sexual, This love no you know It's proper dough, it's all out so incredible You have the love that I want the love you want, you got the love that I need. The love, your girl is so smooth and so cool. may you got that butter, love, big bang, bang. You got that butter, love. All right, you guys, that was next, butter, love. I figured it would be apropos for Thanksgiving because who doesn't love butter? Um, <laughs> that was the B side of. Uh, too close, too close. Step back. You're dancing kind of close. I feel a little poke coming through on you. Um, if you were here with us last week, we talked briefly about the wonderful Jill Scott and how she makes nasty music with metaphors. And I would say that that is another example. I didn't know what they were talking about. I mean poking what? Poking who? Pokemon. So when that song came out, you know, I hey, we were we were banging that in the first grade or wherever whenever. So anyway, it is Thanksgiving. Um thank you for coming back to our Thanksgiving episode. I'm sitting here wrapped in cashmere, sipping Warm milk um, slash I'm sitting here in a raggedy old sweater with cold feet and I'm nursing a cold so I'm trying to burn it out of my throat. Uh, I had a situation with my hissing radiators and my microphone fell apart but what makes that moment special is that you're here with me. So let's jump into it. If you don't know where you are right now, that makes sense. We've only been here since seven days ago. So welcome. This is Cake and Kombucha with your host Kalechi Azier. Cake and Kombucha is a place where we convene to talk about politics, reality television, anything I feel like talking about. You're gonna get a little bit of information, not that much. I would, I would tend to suggest that you follow it up with some NPR afterwards. You don't have to fact check. Nothing here is fake news, but it's just a lot of opinion. Okay? Okay. <coughs> We're going to get into a fun list um, that BuzzFeed has been circulating for Thanksgiving. This list is not new, but it, I guess it makes arounds rounds every year again and re-traumatizes people. Uh, they have ambitiously named this the definitive ranking of Thanksgiving food. I would liken this list to something that the alien from Men in Black who's wearing people's skin as a suit would make. Like someone who has never really been to a Thanksgiving but has heard televid, um in ancient lore and wants to just throw their two cents in of what they think it might be like a thought experiment, if you will, because the list is trash. Okay. So let's start with, uh, let's see the, how many items are on here? There's, Ooh, there's 16. And ooh, when I get to the bottom, let me tell you a lot of liberties, a lot of liberties. Um, okay, well let's, I'm going to start with number 11. I'm going to jump in. Number 11 is butternut squash soup. Okay. So I do understand that squash squashes are fall vegetables and there's a lot of interesting types of squash, kombucha, kabocha, which I believe is a Japanese squash that I found is quite delicious. Um, Butternut's aftertaste can be a lot sometimes for me. Spaghetti squash, I have that thing where I'm scared of textures, so the inside of it is really disturbing. But if somewhere else were to bake it and hollow it out for me, I wouldn't be too opposed to that, but... Let's be honest, you just threw this in here. I have never been seated at a Thanksgiving dinner in my entire life that had a soup course. Maybe because I'm not like a a, a dame, a, a lady, I haven't been knighted. I don't know where they do that at, but that's a lot of dishes. Like, that's a lot of dishes for anyone whose family is bigger than two. Who, ain't nobody got time for that. Next is roasted corn. I don't believe you. I don't believe that you roast corn on Thanksgiving. I've seen corn in the cornucopia which we used to put together when I was in middle school. I don't, isn't corn for barbecues on the grill? The only, I mean, someone, okay, do they celebrate Thanksgiving in Mexico? Because elote, that's bomb. But other than like corn pudding type things in Virginia, I'm not too sure about this. Not sure if it's a real thing. Next, number eight is glazed carrots. I mean, I want you to, number eight, like as in eight places away from number one even if I didn't carrots are disgusting I only like carrots raw they're so overly sweet roasting them and putting glaze on top is just like putting icing on a sugar cube it's disgusting get out of here but also no one does that sweet potatoes the picture of sweet potatoes that is number three in this list has thyme onions uh, rosemary in it obviously I do make savory sweet potatoes but that's not the way they're served on Thanksgiving. Again, again, people suit aliens. stop playing games. Quit playing games. Okay, where else? Uh, green beans that are not in a casserole. interesting choice. I that's, you know, I prefer them that way actually. I mean, uh, what casserole, I don't never have I had that before. A six, number 16 is a gelatin fruit mold, a gelatin and fruit mold. Okay, so maybe with the refraction of time and string theory and, you know, that time is a continuum, it's not a straight line, the alien who's describing Thanksgiving is actually talking to us from 1953. Maybe that's the way that this gelatin fruit mold got on the list. That's the only one I can come up. That's the simplest explanation that I have. Okay, number 14 is pumpkin pie. So I want to be very culturally sensitive at this moment. Black people don't really eat pumpkin pie. I think I've tasted it before once or twice. I was not impressed. But I have this theory about pumpkins that we don't... Like, they represent fall, but no one really knows what they taste like. It's not distinctive. I fully believe that you can make a butternut squash pie... And people would eat that up too. Here's here's where I'm going with this. I think when it's like pumpkin spice latte, it's called pumpkin spice latte, not pumpkin latte. You guys just like the pumpkin spice. Everyone is just excited about chances to put cinnamon and nutmeg and uh, what all spice uh, what else? Uh, I don't know things that would go really well in like chai tea which I know chai means tea, forgive me, friends, but you know what I mean. Like, Oregon chai, the kind that you get at Starbucks, if you're not still boycotting it, which I am, unless you guys want to be sponsors, then I'm not. But I think that we like the spices. I think it's all about the spices, and the same spices go in a sweet potato pie, which doesn't have an aftertaste. Guys, I've been on every low-carb diet that exists in the world, So trust me, I understand the benefit of replacing things with squash and I've made squash fries before. I've been deep in it. I I have replaced, you know, things that should not be replaced by cauliflower with cauliflower. And here's what I'm going to say about this. It has an aftertaste. It has an aftertaste that tastes like dirt. You're just, you can't tell me that it doesn't. It does. It has an aftertaste that tastes like dirt. It's just something you mentally get over if you want to, you know, be hot. So, you know, mind over matter, eating disorders, whatever it is, like, that's how we end up eating some of uh, jam squash, but it doesn't taste that great. Spaghetti squash doesn't taste better than spaghetti, like, stop being crazy. So pumpkin pie, I don't really know the origin. Well, yams came from Africa, so uh, does that mean the sweet potato came from Africa? I don't know. I have to look that up, but for some reason, culturally, sweet potatoes is what I you know, that's what that's what my culture eats. And so <clears throat> this pumpkin thing, you guys just haven't convinced me. You guys haven't convinced me that pumpkin in and of itself is a flavor that we should be tripping over ourselves to consume. Because when I was in my little creepy, what's that? There's that diet book where the, there's like a lot of stuff in the microwave. It's just a way to make like kind of fast American foodie type things with things around the house, like you make these baked onion rings that you you blend fiber one, you blend up fiber one and you coat the onions with it and you bake it and I mean, you have crunchy onions, and you trust me only is cooking spray, oh, hungry girl, it's called hungry girl. if you're hungry, don't buy it because you you still gonna be hungry girl, but anyway, there are these um brownie little cupcake things, like individual brownie cakes, and it was basically mixing like cocoa powder and like artificial sweetener with pumpkin. And let me say that when I went to the store to look for canned pumpkin, I could rarely, rarely find it without sugar already added. A lot of it was like canned pumpkin pie which leads me to believe that you guys don't even believe in your own product. So boom, I don't even have to, I don't have to, I don't have to demonstrate this any further. Um, Scrolling to number one, I know we jumped around, but I can do that uh, because, wait, oh, actually they put turkey number five, which I don't actually disagree with that because turkey is dry. I mean, once you eat that juicy part, does any is anyone really like falling down, falling over themselves over white meat turkey? I don't know, uh. Which I think we can re- we can put that there. That's enough shading things that perhaps all of you really like that I don't. But you know, that's my platform. So anyway, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, there's a salmonella outbreak right now. Um, it was responsible. It has been responsible so far for sixty three hospitalizations, and one death. Um, so. This is, oh, sorry, I should say a salmonella outbreak with, for Turkey, which is crazy that it's happening this time of year right before Thanksgiving. Um, but when I was looking up this story, one thing that I found out, which I did not realize, is that there is no requirement for Turkey or other poultry to be free of salmonella. I did not know that. So that means the onus is all on us guys to wash and, well, not wash, I'll get to that, but to cook the bird all the way through so that there's no trace of salmonella left. Um, And it did say in this article from U.S. News World Report that there was a survey last year of how people were preparing their turkey to kind of go over food safety guidelines, and 90% of people wash their birds in the sink. So there has been a lot of internet debates that I was scared to dip into because I didn't want to get my black card revoked. But you don't have to wash um, chicken. Uh, don't at me, okay? Because that's what scientists said, okay? They said that you don't have to wash it because when you wash it, you're you're splashing more germs around in the sink. And the way that we get these types of foods um, sanitary is by cooking them and you kill all the germs that way, basically. So if you don't eat them raw, there's not a problem. And I, at my core, am lazy. So I took this advice and ran with it as I did all pre-chopped, pre-washed vegetables at Trader Joe's, things like that. Things that make my life easier. But apparently, people who do wash their birds in the sink are leaving themselves susceptible, su- susceptible, whatever, I have a cold, to more germs. And it's just something to look out for. Another way that... You know, you can get it is well ground meats. I don't know if you know, but ground meats have always been more of a risk for things like that, especially with E. coli. Like, for example, when you go to Canada, you can't get a rare burger because they just have different like laws around E. coli and things like that. So, their meat has to be cooked well done, which means it's usually uh, there's usually like filler in it. I found like a lot of breadcrumbs in burgers, so I, I didn't eat burgers while I was there. Basically, is what happened there, but. Um, it just got me thinking about ground turkey and how I hope nobody's eating it, not because of the salmonella outbreak, but because of the taste. It's really dry. It's another health food thing that really gets on my nerves. I've never liked it. And as someone, again, who has been diet obsessed at different points in my life— I don't know if you guys are are aware, but when you go to a restaurant and you order a turkey burger, you're not getting, like, the lean, 90% fat-free cut of meat, as nasty and dry as that is. You're getting, like, the dark meat in there, too. So you're basically eating something that's the same amount of fat as a burger. Why would you not get the burger? I mean, some people have told me they actually like the taste of turkey burgers, and I don't want to say I don't believe them, but let's just say that I don't trust them, and I keep a very close eye on our friendship. Uh Okay, this is a good time to take a break, and when we're back, we're going to get into some food news that is also celebrity news. This episode of Cake and Kombucha is brought to you by Quad Place. Do you like saying you're an entrepreneur? Do you have a proclivity for pyramid schemes and anything that sounds like generally an unsound business plan? Did you buy Mary Kay or those leggings for white women from middle America and just leave them in your closet? Do you rap, do spoken word, or make screen-printed t-shirts for activist causes of your choice? Well, you need Quad Place. Quad Place is the website builder and host for people that start creative projects but never finish them. For a small monthly fee, you can have a domain name for your poorly planned idea. Pay extra to have it say under construction even though... Come on, Bob the Builder. You ain't making anything. Knowing that you've achieved a small part of what it takes to have a successful business will give you something to talk about at parties. With Quad Place, you can make the website you've imagined in your head for the business you've also imagined in your head. A small investment in Quad Place will make you feel like you're closer to achieving your dreams without exposing you to any of the labor or possible failure that comes with trying. Quad Place, where internet dreams go to die. kombucha with your host, Kelechi AZA. I'm ready to dive into this Tiffany Haddish news. So Tiffany Haddish has professed her love for cooking. She had a recipe that she made on television called her joyful greens, and she touted that Lowry's seasoned salt was a key uh, ingredient for this. And so after talking about Lowry's a lot, they tapped her to uh, collab with them. Well, not a collab. It's not like she designed the salt, but um, they're making a limited edition Tiffany Haddish Lowry season salt bottle, which is available just for the holidays. So if you look in the bottle, Tiffany's wearing a bright red dress. She has her finger inside of the little Lowry swoop. Um, she's she's looking curvy and sexy on the bottle. It's cute. So of course. For whoever thought this might seem innocuous, nothing, nothing comes without a backlash. Nothing. Tiffany is being criticized on Twitter and Instagram now, saying that she's a bad example for the black community, that it's irresponsible because we do have higher rates of diabetes and high blood pressure. Um, I don't see it for this one, guys. And trust me, I am ready to be indignant, I'm ready for some righteous outrage all the time. I don't feel it. Now, did I think that the bottle kind of... Having a person on a food bottle, does it remind me of Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben a little bit? But am I going to say that when we also have Newman's own? I mean, he's a white man on a package. Kentucky Fried Chicken, he looks like, you know, the colonel might have probably owned slaves. He, he represents some food, so why can't Tiffany rep some food too? do not tell me that if Lowry's called you and and said they were going to pay you for being on their bottle, that you wouldn't do it. I would do it. Lowry's, Lowry's, hello? Hello? Are you listening? I'll do it. But I mean, come on, this kind of just makes sense. I mean, we, we cook with Lowry's. Like I am suspicious of, if, if I look at my food and it's just, kind of looking like it's in black and white color, like there's salt and pepper. I don't want it, okay? I will go into my cabinet and find some smoked paprika and put it on there even if it doesn't belong there. I'll go find some kind of seasoned salt. Now, as I grew up, do you do you get an affinity for the bouge and things that are just different than what you had before? Sure. So I think a lot of millennials like me, maybe they branch out to start using something different. I mean, they don't sell Lowry's at, seasoned, at Trader Joe's, honestly. If it was $1.99 at Trader Joe's, I'd probably get it, but I feel like it's like 5 $6 in the grocery store, so I don't. When I graduated from college and moved to Harlem, I discovered Adobo, and it tastes great. It has a lot of salt in it, but I just started using that because it was cheaper and it was at the bodega. Anyway, I'm rambling. The point is really that salt is not crack rock. Like I don't think that it is exactly as detrimental as people say, we are not going to stop seasoning our food anytime soon. So for her, for her to promote something that is pretty popular and like generally available in all of our kitchens, it's not like she's promoting lard. I I would have a I honestly have a, a a bigger issue with promoting like high fructose corn syrup things. And I'm not one of those like you know pack something with regular sugar as long as it's not high fructose sugar. I I do know that both of those are going to raise your insulin levels. But my I think there's a bigger issue of juice in the black community than salt. I don't think our biggest issue is that we're just eating down home cooking all the time. Like since the great migration, things have changed. We're eating a lot of packaged food, and that's where you get your highest levels of sodium from. Is packet read the back of some things that are even in your freezer section that are like lean cuisine or So there weren't smart ones by Weight Watchers. Read the back of what frozen food has in it or anything that comes out of a package. And it's really going to be a lot worse for you than the Lowry's that you sprinkle in your joyful greens. So I think we could do worse than this. Um, I read a fun, fun post on Twitter that said, essentially saying, like, black people, we need to be consistent because, you know, there's been this really popular taking the mickey out of white people for not seasoning their food thing, which is, I'm going to say it's harmless fun. I'm going to say that I don't think any of my friends would really be offended on the grand scheme of things, but it's it's just one way that people have been acting out and fighting oppression, right? It's to make fun of seasonings. So... People are, like, dragging people, dragging the Food Network for maiming macaroni and cheese, all this kind of stuff, and not seasoning this and not seasoning that. Then the girl homegirl comes out with the seasoning, and then you want to say, like, that's racist? I don't, I don't know if we have a leg to stand on here, but I do know a lot of people that really don't like Tiffany Haddish, so I'm sure that's going to influence which way you go with that. To me, I'm going to say, girl, get your money. Uh, if you want another example of a celebrity who I do not support with what they're promoting right now, we can do a pivot all the way around the world. Take a little trip to Lagos uh, where Black China is now. You know, she's trying to be a Nigerian woman right now. Uh, she's venturing out into international the international business scene right now. She is a new spokesperson for the famous bleaching cream, white Yep. It's called white That doesn't flow just because there was a song called bootylicious. We started putting licious on the end of things. White ish. Oh, Oh wait, is it like whiten? Okay. Whiten No, it doesn't work. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't care. It doesn't work. I may be drugged up, but it still doesn't work. Anyway, White Whitenicious is a skin bleaching cream that was created by Prudencia. Reprudencia is her real name. Like Prudence, but Reprudence? I don't know. Reprudencia. Densia, who's a singer, model, et cetera, from Cameroon, who looks like Casper the Ghost right now. Um, she and Sammy Sosa look like they rolled around in flour. They got into their mom's baby powder. It's it's not a good look. It's just not. I, I don't know. <sighs> so in my research for this story, I discovered that apparently 77%, the World Health Organization says that 70% of Nigerian women use bleaching creams. As someone who's half first generation, I think I mentioned last time, my father was from Nigeria, hence my name. I don't, I'm not really used to this. Like I don't, the women in my family don't do this and it's not something that's familiar to me. So I'm I think there might be a correlation maybe with I don't know if it has to do with income level or education level or when people stop doing stuff like that, or maybe if you live there and don't travel and everyone around you is doing it, you keep doing it. But it's very sad. And so Black China, in her attempt to make a coin, you know, at any expense, she has now become a spokesperson for this brand. The reason, there's so many reasons why this is a trash move. One of the most comical is that Black Chyna's already a pretty light-skinned person, and she looks like the after picture of the before and after of these girls that use these creams from birth. So basically, she's you're cheating. She's cheating everyone. If you think you're going to use the cream and look like her... You're not gonna... There's no comparison between someone who naturally was born looking the way they look and someone who looks like they put white out on their hands. Like, it's it's a gross gray tone. Nobody likes it. But, honestly, a lot of people like it. That's the sad part. Because I fell into this Instagram hole of these African women who look like ghosts, and there are people underneath their comments saying, you know, with put in the little flame emoji, like hot fire, whatever. But... Reprudencia is crazy. Densia, the girl who owns this company, I read her Wikipedia page. No, I read her Twitter page, and she's saying things like melanin popping. They have this thing where they're saying, well, it's not a bleaching cream because it doesn't contain hydroquinine in it, which is kind of like me saying, like, this isn't a car because I'm using electricity instead of gasoline. It doesn't make any sense. The definition of bleaching is not the chemical. It's what the after effect of the product is. Lest I make Nigerians sound particularly, you know, troubled, this is a problem the world over everywhere that has been touched by colonialism, sadly. So I think for black China to be American and go trade in this, uh, go kind of exploit this is, is extra gross. And it just shows that she, I mean, I don't know what, we didn't have her on a moral pedestal anyway. So I just find it to be an interesting story. And I'm not saying that because she's a stripper at all. I don't have anything against strippers. In fact, there was some, what basketball player, Matt, not Matt Kemp, because he's cute. The other one who's falling apart in the news over child support, who came at her when she said that, you know, it came out that Rob Kardashian's child support had been reduced from $20,000 a month to, well, he only gets 10,000 a month in allowance from his family now. So, he can't give you what he don't have. At first, I thought, how can he say he can't afford anything because you don't have a job? So the fact that you're alive at all on the backs of the Kardashian, you know, if you're if they're but you're either a beneficiary, that means you could have everything. But I guess they decided you have to earn your coin in this family, honey, and you are not putting butt shots on the internet, so no allowance for you. So anyway, whatever basketball player was like, oh, I, I guess it's time for you to go back to the pole, and I'm just like don't do that. What did strippers ever do to you? You go, you spray your money around, they do their job. Like I don't understand what you have against these performers. Um, But that's another story for another day. Anyway, the world is falling apart, and yet, in an interesting way, this is kind of two cultures coming together, right? So we're going to see more interesting social media exchanges between women that live in Nigeria, African American women. I've already been seeing some And maybe it will bring forth an interesting conversation about beauty standards um, because it's just such an interesting time to be alive and be a woman. It's such an interesting time that I like, I feel validated to some extent when I look online and see that thickness and big booties is appreciated. And yet I'm like, how can I get my butt to be like 25 times the size of my waist? Is this, is this achievable? So, you know, the standards, they shift depending on culture, but at the end of the day, the connecting theme is women willing to hurt themselves and diminish their quality of life, burn their skin off to achieve some look, whatever the look is. And that's that's an interesting tact to me. Now, I don't say that to in any way enable the people that get on the internet and say, well, some people tan to get darker and some people bleach their skin to get lighter. No, it's not the same thing. It is not the same thing bleaching your skin is not the same thing it doesn't come for the same reason so don't try that read a book but don't try that i'm just saying I'm some it's just, it's to the quad place tech support team is available 24 hours a day for any website issues that might arise hi i'm chad from quad Space tech support i'm actually the only person on the team but i know you're not going to call so it's totally fine good night Welcome back. So I know I said to keep your expectations low regarding investigative journalism, and I think that still is a pretty, I think that's true, but I went back online to look something up and I actually found some breaking news. This breaking news story is from Business Insider, and the title is Facebook looks like it's preparing for war with Trump after hiring a top Department of Justice antitrust lawyer. A big up to Business Insider because their title of their article is longer than many, many entire articles that you could find online nowadays. But the reason that this was so interesting to me is because it's basically, this was like the financial news equivalent of BuzzFeed reporting that Rihanna unfollowed them or unfollowed someone on Instagram. It, it was like the meat of the story is that an antitrust lawyer who's very high level, Kate Patchen, has now become the general counsel of Facebook on the West Coast, and she has updated it on LinkedIn. That is what, like, the article ends after they show you a picture of her LinkedIn profile. So I I thought that was hilarious. I, I mean, it's nice to know people are accessible, no matter how many billions are on the line, but wow. Okay, but the backstory to that is, I don't know if you remember, Trump had said that, he was going to look into antitrust. Uh, well, apparently Google had to pay millions. Trump said billions. So I'm going to say millions because that seems like probably an exaggeration to in the UK for antitrust laws and that he's like, if there's an antitrust tax, it should be us. So again, people who aren't listening to this podcast, pay attention to what the people who say they love big business are doing because Again, we're talking out of both sides of our mouth. But anyway, great tween reporting, Business Insider. So, a Facebook rant. I went on to Facebook, and I saw someone who doesn't post a lot write, so much this, or this is all you need. Love is the answer. Now that we found love, what are we going to do with it? Love is all we need to get by. Okay, what she really said was, I'm returning to my Facebook hiatus, but I just came back to say this. And she posted a video of this um, African-British woman named Aishat Akobi has 1.3 million views already, and she's saying that wokeness has robbed many people of compassion and replaced it with moral superiority, and compassion and empathy is paramount to any social movement, and it's the system that we live in that tries to group us on our differences. Now, what? Okay, so... I I cringed. Immediately I cringed. I felt uncomfortable. And I, I knew in my soul that if I looked on the comments, which is a bad habit, but I read comments obsessively, I knew that if I looked at the comments, the vast majority of people that would be applauding and supporting her commentary... Oh, I've slipped into the accent. Her commentary would be white. And I was not wrong. This is not, you know... This is a very attractive thing to say that doesn't mean that much. I'm I'm very concerned that if the point of the po- political, all the political strife we're in right now that we take away is that you should never say something mean to someone who, you shouldn't hurt the feelings of someone who's lying to you, closing down our borders, trying to get people deported, trying to strip people the right to vote. You got to make sure that you come correct or else what? I, I don't think this is the core of, of an effective social justice movement. I don't think it's a priority, but I think certain people would like it to be a priority so they don't get to hear things that make them feel uncomfortable or make them feel called out. And I'm not saying that there's not maybe too much wokeness going on or a wokeness overload, it can definitely go crazy. I I went away on tour with the show and I came back and I had to, I sublet for a month or so because I didn't know if I was going to stay in New York and I ended up staying with these deranged 21-year-old brother and sister that shared a bed, but that's the story for another day that I promise I will tell you. He was, he was gay, but whatever. Anyway, she tried to like bond with me by telling me how her... Her senior senior choir or whatever high school choir had, had protested because they had to sing like I don't know the Swahili song that y'all have to sing, and she was like, there are no, you know, there are no African people in this choir, so we shouldn't sing this song. And I was like, um, she said it's cultural appropriation. I was like, is, so, I looked forward to singing like the Hanukkah song every year, the Kwanzaa song. Are you telling me that we can only sing music? It was it was so misguided. So I understand when things like that are taken too far. And I think like one of my favorite podcasts is Keep It with Ira Madison. And they have this thing about woke teens. And so I do think woke teens are are scary and sometimes and taking things too far, but but this is the people that were You know, I don't think this is what this means. And I don't think that these are a bunch of people in these comments saying, my daughter told me that, you know, transgender rights and blah, blah, blah. And I just, like, I don't think it's like people scared of their children. I think it's people that don't want to hear things that bother them, that don't want to change their views. So when we say that there's this nebulous, what did she call it? She said, the system that tries to group us on our differences, that's so vague. And that's not really true the system that we live in is white supremacy that's what our this country was built on that's what her country was built on and it puts one group as superior and everyone else beneath that in descending order so it's not just grouping us on our differences we're not just grouped by who has you know a big booty and who's who's a pear shape you know, remember the body typing things they would do for women who's an ectomorph and who's an endomorph and who's a pear shape That's so disingenuous, and I really, I wish, and we need to right now have the more difficult conversations. There is a side of wrong and right. There can be. I would say in a country that is based, you know, has Judeo-Christian roots, I don't know why it's so hard for people to really hold on to that, like, some things are right and some things are wrong. It's, It's just kind of crazy to me the times we're in right now, but in any case, to wrap up, I just want to say that when you go home for Thanksgiving and everyone writes on the internet about how you have, you know, racist uncles, you have to sit across or blah, blah, blah. I just want to say that when you come in the house and you sit down and your uncle, or your aunt says, oh, you brought home a girl with you. Are you a lesbian? Da, 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 da. Or she says, you know, you have gained some weight or, you know, they ask you about your political views. They talk start talking about how much they love Trump, my biggest advice would be to pick up the table, like lift up, put your hands underneath, lift it up at the edges, and flip it over if you can. That's how I think you should handle that. I think that once everyone thinks that you're emotionally unstable and volatile, they'll be really respectful and careful of what they say to you. You can take the remaining, do not flip over the sweet potato pie. Take that. I'm sure that I know that you have in your planning and your foresight and your setup, you've put it in the kitchen counter. Take that. Take it to your old room. If you still have an old room, if you don't, take it to the den. Take it someplace quiet. Turn on some reality TV and eat your pie. Okay, so for reality TV this week, we're only going to do 90 Day Fiance, even though um, <laughs> Housewives of Atlanta is still... It's still it's still building. I think next week we're really going to find out that Portia's new man is a scammer. But anyway, so 90, 90 Day Fiance was, it wasn't like explosive this week, but some pretty interesting things happened in which I discovered that I'm terrified of Steven. Steven and Olga. So Steven is a 21 year old and Olga is also 21 and they basically hung out for four weeks during the summer, got pregnant as you do. And she had to go back to Russia, where she's from. So first, it was really interesting watching Stephen because I learned that white privilege had flavors. I was like, oh, you're from like, I don't know where he's from, like Virginia, California, someplace with a shore. And he, he's never left the country before. He's never been on a plane, but he is convinced of that America is better than everybody else, that he knows exactly how everything should be. So he, I was like, is this like Bud Light, you know, white privilege versus like Russian vodka, white privilege, like what's going on? So he, he goes to Russia. So he lives at home with his aunt and uncle, right? He doesn't have anything to his name, not a high school diploma, nothing. Then he goes to Russia where his baby mama lives in an apartment by herself. She's, she's, she's a, she's an independent woman. She's grown. She, I think she said she didn't have, I hope I'm not mixing her up with the other Russian woman from last season who was around the same age. No, she was like older, 27. But I believe she said that she didn't have a great childhood. She'd been through a lot. She didn't want her kid to go through that. But it kind of implied that she had to get out the house early and like have her own thing. So homeboy gets to her apartment, which is a one bedroom that anyone in New York would be happy for. And she was like, he was like, I don't think there's enough room for like me and the baby. Like we can't live here. Her apartment was cute. What is your infant going to do? Run laps? relax. You have nothing to offer in this situation. Calm down. So then she, she goes into labor. He's mad at her about how, when she's going to go into labor, he's harassing her. Well, I thought you had eight days left. I thought we were going to spend a week together. And then you went into labor as if it's her fault. Like it's really weird, but they chopped it up. So you didn't really get the buildup to how weird it was. Then he, she goes into labor was admitted to the hospital. I think in Russia they were admitted like maybe like a day or so early or something like that, like maybe when the contractions start. And so there was a policy that there were no men allowed in the delivery room. He was not having it. He kept saying, my baby, my baby, my baby, in a way that... It is your baby, but it was still a little creepy, like to hear. I just—it's not that you don't hear men saying you do hear men saying my kid, but he said my like the baby just popped out of his like nipple and that there was no involvement from Olga, um, and she's like, oh, there's no way I'm not saying my baby be born and blah blah blah, and like even though the policy. To not have men in the room is probably antiquated and sexist. I found myself still just as someone who travels and tries to like know a little bit about places before I shit on them. I just found myself wanting them to like not let him in because I'm petty, but he did get in the room. His sense of entitlement on blast still. And so first I think I'm just dealing with that. But then at the end, yo, he's fully crazy and abusive and I'm scared. He was yelling at Olga, telling her, don't tell me what to do with my baby. And he's like, I had a lot, I had a, a lot of anger in my household. So I just want to make sure that I'm not in a, in a, you know, relationship like that. So the way that he's going to make sure is by modeling all the behavior he must've saw. He was yelling at this woman. She just had a C-section. She's weak. She's tired. She's trying to breastfeed and he's yelling at her, let's go. Let's leave the hospital. I don't want to be here any longer than I have to. Let's go. The baby's not eating. We're going now. I was like, have you lost your mind? And then he takes out his dirty shoes, puts them on the bed, doing all this mess. She tells him not to. He says it's fine. And then he's like, give me the baby. Give it. Give me the baby. And she's like, you haven't washed your hands. I don't. Don't tell me what to do. Da, da, da. And then he tells her, I'm not going to pack up your clothes. You pack them up yourself. Someone who just got cut open to have your child so this is a mess I didn't like I don't think I've ever felt that someone was like actually abusive on this show but I really didn't like it I'm scared for her and I hope that she I I mean she seems to be a smart girl because she said you know this isn't the way I want to be treated in a relationship in America and again proving you bitches wrong bitches is just everyone who thinks that like every single foreign person wants to leave and come to America. Not all of them do. It depends on the situation. She doesn't want to go and live with a crazy person that has no high school diploma. She, she would rather stay in her apartment. So anyway, that's Steven and Olga. And then Larissa and Colt, Larissa from Brazil, Colt from the Bates motel. (laughs) Larissa is hysterical because her English is really, really good. Um, but her accent is such that she puts an E at the end of everything. So, like, she calls cult culty. And she also has learned how to say everything. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And I'm going to start saying it's a nightmare. But basically, I just don't understand what kind of amateur gold digging these women are doing. Her and the, the woman from Jakarta. You have to have a plan, sis. You got to have a plan. I don't. You can't chase these people and then get to America and be like, "You said you will provide to me." You, this, someone can't just promise to provide to you. They they actually have to have the means to do it. I think I would ask for like a bank account statement or something. I don't know, and then maybe hire an American lawyer, have them read it to me. Some sort of affidavits. I I just there's got to be a more organized way of gold dinging than this. I'm not an expert. I don't know, but I'm tired of seeing these girls in these situations. It's frustrating. Anyway, let me just wrap that up because this is the holidays so we can get on to whatever it is we're about to do. I did want to add a quick reader comment or listener comment, rather. Um, Antoine Wilson, who hails from East New York but is writing to us from Brazil, he said he really loved the podcast. It was dope. When can he be on? But the reality TV portion sounds like Charlie Brown talking to grownups to me. Okay, Antoine, to that I say... See you next week. Thanks for listening. Cake and Kombucha is recorded in my New York City apartment with background noise and loud radiators. It is produced by Jason Torres and has music by Melanie Charles. You can find Melanie Charles on Spotify or for concert dates, information, and more, check out melanyjbcharles.com. Would've